Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me again is Dr. Clayton Johnson from Carthage Veterinary Services. Good to see you. Yep. Good to see you, Joe. I want to talk about biosecurity. That's, sometimes that's a word that makes everybody's eyes roll because it sounds easy, but it's really not. Absolutely. It is really easy to sit in an office somewhere and come up with a whole bunch of new biosecurity protocols that are extremely impractical and hard to execute on the farm, and you send them out in an email and say, there you go, here's what we're going to do going forward. It's another thing entirely to actually go out and try and implement those protocols and do them day in, day out, under adverse weather conditions, challenging situations, all the challenges that, that happen on our farms. And it has to be a comprehensive program, but you got to pick your battles too. Um, one of the best analogies I like with biosecurity is that it's a chain. And the weakest link in the chain is where your chain's going to break. Right? When, when pathogen tries to come into the farm, wherever that weak link is, that's the first place it's going to pop open. And the pathogen doesn't care how it gets into the farm. So it'll exploit whatever access point you give it. You can look at frequency of risk events as one way to kind of say, all right, how often do these crazy things happen? Uh, if there's a disease outbreak, people will always point to something. You know, hey, the plumber was here three weeks ago, and that guy, we uh -huh. think he probably brought it in. Um, but then you also have to remind them, there's 20 people that work on this farm. They shower in here every day. That's 140 risk events every single week, right? If we're not, if, if we're 1% poor, we're breaking down one and a half times every week. And so that's one way you can kind of categorize it and say, how can I pick the link in the chain I'm going to work on today? What's and you must see some point? patterns in your, in your clinic. Uh, you know, you visit a lot of farms, and I'm sure that, that some patterns have emerged yeah. as far as biosecurity lapses. Yeah, I would tell you the patterns that I try and focus on are where it's the hardest to implement the protocols that we've defined for the farms. Um, and to me, there's two areas that really stick out there. Um, the, the supply entry is really hard generally to, to implement effectively because especially in a large farm, there's so many supplies that have to come in and out. Um, and then also the transportation. Um, doing good biosecurity on transportation is very, very hard to do. Those two areas stick out. Easy to write a protocol for either one of them, very hard to effectively implement, implement the protocol 100% of the time. Well, let's talk about each one. Supply entry. Yeah. What are you seeing? Where are we falling short? There's a couple of great presentations by students here at uh, AASV, um, and I, one that talked about our, our fogging rooms or our disinfectant chamber rooms for those bigger supplies, the, the semen rods that have to come in, uh, the, the medication boxes, all the, the new coveralls and boots and those things that show up on the farm. They go in generally through a room where we aerosolize disinfectant through a fogging machine and allow that disinfectant to have some contact time, and then we bring them into the farm from there. Um, and they pointed out some things that I think I've seen um, challenges with myself. Um, if, if you think about the, the fogging machine, for instance, if you have one fogging machine in one square room, which is generally what these chambers are, that fogging machine has to be at a distinct point. It's not flying around like a drone in there hitting everything, right? It's at one distinct point and it has one point of spray. And it's kind of like me standing there with a hose, right? If I put a bunch of supplies in that room, I can get one side of those supplies wet. I can maybe get the top in one side, mm -hmm. but the bottom, the far side of it, the lateral sides, if it's facing directly at me, maybe, maybe not. Um, and so to me, that's low-hanging fruit for us, right? We've got a fogging machine that does a great job with unidirectional spray of disinfectant. The disinfectant works if we can just get it on the supplies, but we need to have better contact. We've got to come up with a better way to make sure the disinfectant hits those actual supplies. And what can be done at this point? 
We're limited to make it perfect, but I think we can make it better. So the first thing is add more foggers to that supply room. Try and come at multiple angles, okay? So give your disinfectant the best opportunity to contact all surfaces. The second is we oftentimes build these supply entry rooms too small. A lot of farms that I visit, especially the older farms, it's kind of a retrofit type area. And if you're expected to bring in a month's worth of supplies into the farm at one time and do it through a chamber that holds maybe one eighth of that at a time, that's a, that's a half a day long job for somebody to stand out there and continually run that process over and over again. So we may have to make those rooms bigger so that we can do that in a more timely manner, more practical manner, sure. right? Give our people the tools to where it's easy to use and there's no temptation to break the rules whatsoever. So that allows us to space out the supplies, which helps to make sure that our spray, which is now coming from a bunch of different angles, a bunch of different locations, those fogging machines are not terribly expensive. This is not a, a big expense thing to do. Space out the supplies, get that fogging apparatus aimed at different directions, multiple ones mm -hmm. hitting it from all sides so that we're trying to get the whole surfaces covered in disinfectant. Transportation, that's always a uh an open door for biosecurity, it seems. Yep, yeah. yeah. I uh, had the privilege of loading pigs in early January this year in uh, a farm uh, in the Western Plains, and the windshield was about negative 20. We weren't fully in the polar vortex at that point, but it was one of those days. And there was a 40 mile an hour north wind blowing right at that chute door. Um, classic, you know, 6 a.m. morning where it was just miserable outside, absolutely miserable. So what happens in that situation? You're running pigs up a chute, right? And these are wean pigs in this, in this case, but I was the last line of defense. I was the guy who was taking the pigs from the beginning of the chute, up that chute to the driver. Those pigs, number one, really have never went up a ramp before, right? They've spent their life in a farrowing crate, which is a pretty flat area. And pigs aren't exactly built like deer to go up and down things very well. They're squat, they're low to the ground. So going up that chute's a bit of a challenge in the first place for them. Once you get them to the top of the chute and they are hit with 40 mile an hour winds gusting directly at them, and those winds are negative 20, and now they get to walk onto a cold aluminum box. Well, guess what happens when they enter that aluminum box? They decide it's time to turn around and come back towards me, yeah. right? And that's a very, very high risk situation. And so just that experience alone taught me that we've got to rethink this. We've got to do a couple of things differently. Number one, I think we just have to be honest with ourselves. There's never gonna be a perfect way to make sure that pigs don't come onto that trailer and stay onto that trailer every single time, okay? We consider the trailer dirty, but if the pig goes on the trailer and it's dirty and it steps in some contaminated material mm -hmm. and it comes back towards me in the area where I'm walking back and forth in, I'm going back in the farm normally. So we have to think about that differently. We have to just recognize the limitation and say that loadout area probably has to be considered dirty. We normally consider it clean in a part of the farm. We've got to consider that dirty going forward. So I made myself an outside person instantly because I realized I was contaminated. While I was doing it, I was contaminated. The beautiful thing is I can make a new clean dirty line the second that I want to. And what I mean by that is now the point where I'm picking up pigs from somebody else, that's the new clean dirty line, right? Mm -hmm. I can go to that point, but this area that I'm walking in right now has to be considered dirty. Fortunately, that chute had a side access door. So when I got done loading pigs that day, I said, bring me a power washer wand. That's staying in here when I get done. I'm gonna wash this area out and I'm gonna disinfect it. Bring me some disinfectant and a, a pump sprayer. I'm gonna disinfect it when I'm done. And I'm going out the side door and I'm going to shower in the farm the normal way from everybody else. Uh, and so ultimately, I've tried to take those learnings and replicate that on farms I work with and change where, how we treat the loadout area. In that case, it was a room. It was a physical room with a chute in it. It may literally only be a chute, right? But I try and tell people, it's the last place you have a door. 
because a door stops pigs from coming back. I can't keep the door shut on the trailer when I'm loading it, so it's not practical to be there. But there's a door somewhere. It may be a door to an alley or a door to the main farm. That's the point of last entry. Treat the point from there on dirty and only let somebody go in there when you're actually loading pigs. When they get done, make sure they have the equipment to wash and disinfect that area. Make sure that they have dedicated boots and coveralls that live in that area, dedicated sort boards, dedicated rattle paddles, whatever equipment they need, it needs to live in that area because it's now dirty. It's staying there. It's outside the farm. And using a pressure washer when it's 20 below, I mean, that's got to create some challenges. Got to add some heat to it. Um, got to add some, add some heat to it. And particularly when we think about the disinfectant to give it contact time, mm -hmm. we may have to use some propylene glycol if it's safe with that disinfectant to try and allow it to not freeze instantly. Um, if it's a room, that's easier. You can add in a little heater and you can actually heat that room. That's the preferred way to do it. Some older farms may just have a chute. Um, you got to get creative in those situations. So it's not just focusing on the vehicles themselves. I mean, you really need to spend more time looking at the loading area. We haven't done anything different with the vehicles. We've got amazing technologies there to dry, and as long as you're using those technologies, you're doing everything you can. The reality is those vehicles go to multiple farms and maybe even a packing plant, maybe even a coal buying station. They go places that we never want to contact our farms. So we need to treat those vehicles as dirty, and we need everything that contacts those vehicles to be considered dirty as much as we can. What else can we do to up the game with biosecurity? I think spending time with the people who do the work is the biggest lesson that I've learned. Um, talk to the people who actually do it every day. Uh, and that may not be the manager. On a big farm, the manager may not be loading in the pigs. They may not be loading in the supplies. Go, go say, you know, who actually is the last line of defense here and can I do that with them? And if that means I got to be there at six in the morning because that's when we load pigs, well, all right, that's when I'll be there at six in the morning and we'll load pigs. And do it in the worst possible condition. Don't load in the supplies when they just got one thing from UPS. Load in supplies when they got the monthly delivery and they got pallets of stuff sitting out there. Don't load pigs when it's a beautiful day outside and you don't have any issues with the, the environmental conditions that kind of force that pushback of the pigs off the trailer. Go do it in the worst possible conditions and see if you can get it done. If you as the veterinarian can't get it done effectively, or if you're thinking to yourself by the end of it, I want to cheat the process. This is hard to do it this way and I see an easier way to do it and I can break the rules. It's what everybody else is going to be thinking. So just take that to heart and fix it. Does it take a certain personality to manage biosecurity effectively? You got to be detail oriented. You can't skip steps in the process. Um, I think you have to have a culture of biosecurity on the farm. More so than necessarily a personality, it's a culture. Culture trumps strategy every day. No matter what your strategy is for biosecurity, if the culture is that we bend the rules when we want to, that's a problem. Culture is always defined by leadership. Generally, that's the farm manager. If the farm manager leads by example, everybody will follow, I think, regardless of the personality.